Get ready to hear some noise tonight. You're just seconds away from Let's Go Blues Radio. No doubt about it, eh? You're listening to Kurt, Bill, and Jeff on Let's Go Blues Radio, the original St. Louis Blues hockey fan podcast. Take it away, boys. Okay, I don't know. Whatever it is, it's not right on a teleprompter. I don't know what that is. I've never seen that. Okay. Yeah, I can't read it. There's no, there's no words on it. Sure. There's yeah. no words there. I can't do it. Okay. We'll do it live. Okay. We'll, no. we'll do it live. Do it live. I can, I'll write it and we'll do it live. And thing sucks. In five, four, three. Welcome to season six, episode twelve of Let's Go Blues Radio. My name is Kurt Price. Uh, my Twitter handle is at Kurt Price, and I'm here with uh, in the studio today. Uh, tonight is uh, Bill Day is with me. His uh, Twitter handle is at Billy Blue Note, and uh, Jeff Ponder is here as well. Who is uh, you're Kirkwood area right now, Jeff? That Kirkwood, Kirk? that's correct. Kirkwood. Broadcasting live from Kirkwood. Live from Kirkwood, and his Twitter handle is at jponder94. Uh, the three of us are live on Wednesday, uh, January tenth, two thousand eighteen. This is franchise episode number one fifteen all time. Uh, if you would like to send us a tweet, go ahead and send it to at lgb radio, and we will read it live on the air. Uh, if you would like to send uh, join us uh, on the air to talk uh, some of the hockey's, go to letsgoblues.com slash radio and uh, click on the join button uh, later on in the show when we open that up. So uh, good evening, fellas. How are you guys? Very well. I'm glad to be back on the show. It's really my, my first uh, official full show appearance since uh, November. Yeah, we had, we had you in for, uh, for the Mont- your Montreal trip and... We haven't heard from you since. We uh, we were a little concerned about what might have happened to you on the way home. Uh, nothing happened on the way home. Um, you know, I got lost taking the five mile trek to the end of uh, when we came through customs in Toronto uh, on the way back. Um, yeah, I had to clear customs there and walk five miles to our terminal. I think we wound up flying out of Ottawa, um, but yeah, no, I I made it back. It just. December was such a busy time. I uh, just did not have a chance to uh, to make an appearance on the shows. Yeah, I think we only had two shows in December, right, Kurt? Yeah, we. It was, it was busy for us too. Yeah, holidays and the schedules got in the way. Sicknesses, illnesses. Well, that and the the blues just, and we'll get into this. Have had kind of a crazy schedule as of late, so it's been kind of hard to. You really only have one or two opportunities a week to record a show on a non-game night. Mm-hmm. And if that doesn't work out, then we're we're behind a week or two. So, uh, yeah, we've had. Uh, I think our last show was uh, December, uh, like like three weeks ago, was it not? Back yeah. So, so merry merry Christmas, everyone, and happy New Year. Happy New Year. Yeah. <laughs> um. Uh, the uh, don't forget to check out the Let's Go Blues uh, Radio uh, online shop for uh, shirts, mugs, and stickers and things. Uh, let's go blues.com slash uh, shop. I think it is um, the official beers of the episode. Bill, you want to go first? Uh, I will go first. Uh, tonight I am enjoying uh, from the Ibex Cellar series from Schlafly. <laughs> Can you be a little louder there, sir? As my, as my cooler ice rattles around. 
<laughs> uh, I am uh, drinking the single malt Scottish style ale, uh, which is ale aged in Scotch whiskey barrels. And it actually, uh, you know, I'm a huge fan of Schlafly's regular uh, Scotch ale. This is nothing at all like it, but it is really good. It's it has all the characteristics of a really good single malt scotch in a beer, which the scotch ale typically you don't get that that kind of flavor profile. Um, and I'll I'll drink the hell out of that, especially on their Robbie Burns night, which I think is coming up uh, last Thursday this month. And that's I will definitely be there for that. But yeah, this is uh, this is quite quite a uh, tasty beer. If you're a fan of scotch and you're a fan of craft beer, get it. Okay, I know I've had I had the uh, their Ibex Cellar um, a couple times. The uh, the stout, the Imperial Stout, it was, it's <clears throat> quite good. Yep. So, uh, Jeff, what do you got? Uh, the I have a Founders All Day IPA uh, for those of you who are looking for a beer where you can literally drink it all day. Uh, but not a sissy Zima or something. Uh, this is a fantastic beer because it's uh, it's a 4.2% ABC, or I'm sorry, ABV. And uh, it, it doesn't have a, uh, it has a kick to it. You feel like you're drinking more beer than that. Um, and uh, it's, 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 the hops are prevalent. You can feel the hops every time you drink it. And um, it's, it's also good for those of you who say they want to try an IPA, um, but they're more of a lager person. Uh, it's a nice in-between beer, I think, that uh, is kind of a stepping stone to IPA. So uh, I recommend it. Again, it is the Founders Brewing All Day IPA. You guys went fancy. I did not go fancy this evening. I went uh, alcoholic Mountain Dew, pretty much. So <laughs> which... I was, I was going to say, what is that? ski <laughs> it's a uh, not your father's mountain ale which um i've had some uh, i had this on the show once a while back and and it was in the fridge and it looked good and so i'm having it so let me read the it's a citrus brew <laughs> uh let this refreshing citrus brew take you to new heights elevate your taste buds with balanced and bright flavors achieved through true craftsmanship we know you'll enjoy it we do so is that the official beer of edwardsville <laughs> I, I hope not. <laughs> it, it may be Troy, but not <laughs> it may be Troy. Yeah, we don't have a brewery here in Troy. We got a good brewery in Neverville. Yeah. Before we get into our uh, uh, STL Blues Twitter um, moment, we uh, I do want to tell those who are listening live that uh, we have Mr. Joe Fresta coming on a little bit later. For those who are unaware who Mr. Joe Fresta is, he is the uh, I believe vice president, uh, co-owner of pasta house company out here in st louis and he is the one that is in charge of the steinberg winter classic that takes place uh usually last weekend of february this year it's uh the first weekend of march uh kind of closes out the steinberg season so he's going to come on and talk to us about that uh also a big blues fan so if you have any questions for mr joe fresta uh feel free to tweet us at lgb radio and i will make sure to ask him live on the air this is the part of the show where we would normally do our Today in Blues History, but um, apparently the STL Blues History Twitter account is asleep at the wheel, and or or nothing happened <laughs> in Blues History today. Unless I'm missing something. We could we could find out January 10th. 
January 10th. Yeah, there's nothing on his on his site. I guess you can just go back and. What happened last year on January 10th? I don't think there's anything. <laughs> nothing. Oh there wait. Never, never uh, been nope, that was January 9th. Hey, the Blues were celebrating a win from the night before when they. I actually remember this game when they beat the Los Angeles Kings um, in Los Angeles in a shootout, two to one. Uh, that was the night before. That was the ninth. That's the best we can do on short notice. Big Yori Laterra had an assist in the game. And uh, Alex Petrangelo had a goal. And Brian Elliott stopped 26 of 27 saves. That cannot be last that, year. That's two years ago. That's two years, oh, two ago. years ago. All right, Brian Elliott with a big game with Yori Laterra getting some points. That uh, that's uh, that's that's one that's that's in the memory books for Blues fans, I'm sure. You all remember that game. That would be big news if it was Brian Elliott that uh, made those saves for us last season. I actually do remember that game. I, that's shocking. Shocking. That's shocking. Uh, also, on January 9th, um, back in t- uh, 2012, Ron Karan passed away. Oh. So we were mourning him in 2012, January 10th. Missed the professor. I do. Yeah, I missed meat on the burner. <laughs> I got to Brett Hill from Calgary. Calgary. All right. Uh, so I got so, something from January 10th real quick. Okay, go ahead. They beat the Carolina Hurricanes in 2015, uh, 5-4 in a shootout with Jake Allen getting the win. Um, hang on. We're, we're going to see who scored in this game. I'm just, just already wasting time here, aren't I? Uh, Steve Ott played in that game. Jaden Schwartz had a goal as well as Alex Steen and Patrick Berglund. I remember Jaden Schwartz. I do too. We might talk about him later. Good times. Stay tuned. <laughs> uh, Jake Allen had a big game and uh, looks like uh, Brian Elliott was pulled in that game in lieu of Jake Allen. So uh, 7-2. No, I'm sorry, that is not a 7-2 seven, seven were the giveaways, but uh, a 5-4 win for the Blues in the shootout. Maybe you remember that game. I do not. I, I not off the top of my head. I don't know. Yeah, no. <laughs> uh, okay. So uh, first off, uh, the news today with the All-Star Game selections, two players, the Blues got uh, placed in the uh, in the Central, uh, Braden Shen and Alex Petrangelo. So uh, congratulations to them. Now, uh, notable omission, which is getting more news than the actual players that made it really to, I, that I've seen on social media is the, uh, is Tarasenko was not selected. So many, many people on social media were upset and wondering why he wasn't included. Um, I, I mean, does this come as a surprise to, to you, Jeff or Bill? I mean, I, I was not surprised whatsoever that he was not on this team. The only reason that it surprises me is because we've seen in the past um, guys like, I remember Scott Niedermeyer, the year he came back in like January. Uh, I think it was the year after they won the cup. He played in like seven games and he made the all-star game. And then guys like Sidney Crosby have been selected when they haven't had great years. Uh, well, that yeah, but Alexander the... Ovechkin. But that's the only reason I was kind of shocked because I just figured with his name, he's a shoe in But in terms of play for the year, they got it right. Those are the two guys that deserve to go for the Blues. Yeah, I, I and and the this is uh, you know what the third year of this format with the the three on three, is that right? 
I think so. so. I'm, yeah. yeah. So I mean, this is, I mean, it's a little bit different. There's less players going too. So it's not near as many. Right. And he's gone the last two years. But yeah, I, to me, I don't care. I, I hate the all-star. <laughs> game. It's, you know, the, even three on three, even three on three, you don't like it. Yeah, no, I, I still will not tune in to watch the game. It's, mm. it's nothing but a giant marketing event oh, yeah. for all the sponsors. The players don't want to be there. They're drunk or hungover while they're playing the game. It just, it's, I don't know. I, I will tune in to watch the skills comp, but that's about it. I see. I like I like the three on three. It's it's entertaining to me. It's not it's not as long. It's short. There's it's a tournament. Uh, it's completely different than back in the day. You play one game and it's just like a no defense and, and I, I mean there's no defense now either. But um, it's 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 more it's shorter, more free wheel. Uh, it's I think it's better. Um, than it was before. Uh, I I I I'm more, I'm much more inclined to watch it now than it was before. Not that I really like it, but I like it much more than it was before. Um, and the skills competition, like you said, has always been my favorite. I like I'll watch that every year. Yeah, I mean that's uh, that. Yeah, that's always been necessary. You know, must see TV. But the the game itself, I think they've resorted to gimmicks to get fans to tune in, and I just. See the skills competition to me. Yes, the, the, is the gimmicky thing the the, yes. the breakaway the the style is it right the, bringing out costumes did, and things. Yeah. I hate that that they they they're trying to be the NBA with the slam dunk right. competition. Yes, just just go to the skills. Yeah, you know that uh, just ridiculous. I mean, I, 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 I that that I just uh, I, I know you guys know about the project I've gone on where I've been uh, uh, moving old games I have on VHS to DVD. And I've seen some of the old skills competitions from like 99, 98, 2000. Those were much more entertaining because it was more, here are the actual skills these guys possess and we're going to showcase them. Now it's more, what can we do to get more people to watch? And I get that, but, and, and I will say they got rid of the breakaway thing. Thank God. That's no longer there. I don't know if you realize that, Kurt. It's gone. Oh, okay, good. Um, but uh, uh, they've added a couple more things. I do like, the 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 team challenges that they've added now the ones where they actually have to like you have to pass it into a tiny net uh in order to have your next player go and do the the cones and that's nice, I huh? like that that is kind of a cool new addition they've made it's it's gotten better but the last i'd say uh, up until last year the five years before it almost unwatchable the only reason it was watchable is for the uh the the break the actual breakaway challenge at the end and the hardest shot. That were the only reasons I still watched. Um, so uh, back on Tarasenko, uh, the I just want to say that since uh, was it uh, from uh, I got it November twenty fifth through December twenty seventh, um, Tarasenko had three goals, which is cover seventeen games. Um, that is in a nutshell why he is not on this team. And also the fact that the Blues were playing poorly coincided with his slump, which probably hand in hand had something to do with each other. But if the Blues were winning, that if the Blues were winning uh, still, that probably would have masked his poor play, and he might be on the team because it's not as highlighted as far as his play goes. Um, could have been hidden, but I think with the fact that he has three goals in that 17 game stretch up until a few games ago. Because he's playing better now. He's got four goals, four assists in his last seven games. So he's turning it around a little bit. 
that's good. But really, I think people are online saying that, uh, oh, he's you know leading the team in points and he's tenth in the league in scoring and blah blah blah. I mean, yeah, he is because he got off to a fantastic start to start the season. Um, that the entire for an, over an entire month, he was just not productive at all. So that's why he's not on this team in in a nutshell. So, uh, but before we move on, I do want to. Uh... I know they're listening. Uh, I want to say Brock Besser. That's a pretty awesome accomplishment that he was able to make the all-star team. Um, then again, who are you going to select from Vancouver? Um, but I mean, you know, uh, guys having a good year. So good for him and a big congrats. And, and I know I'll probably get shot by blues fans for saying this. Eric Stahl. I thought that guy was done for done mm. for. He was left for dead in Carolina. He goes to Minnesota. He's having, he's, He's living up to that contract and more. So uh, good for him for coming back and proving that he still has some game left. There are people saying uh, that he, that Tarasenko deserved it over him, but you know, well, you're also (laughs) inundated with blues Twitter. That is true. Yeah. And who else are you going to take from Minnesota? Right. Right. And and they're they're a good team. They're a team game. They play a large team game. You got to take one guy from that team. Right. You have to have one guy from every team and you can have not more than two. So Shen and Petrangelo are the two deserving guys. You can't have three. So who would you take off to? Uh, well, unless you're a Blackhawk. Blackhawks have one. No, I think last year was oh, last year or two years ago. They had three or they had three guys. I think. I, I, isn't it this year though? You only have two. Yeah. So is that a new rule? I thought it was. Maybe not. Maybe it is. Yeah. I, thought I, heard I mean, that. just, just looking at, you know, the, the overall roster for for the central i mean it, it, names that uh, you don't necessarily expect to be in an all-star game like eric stall blake wheeler um connor hellebuck i mean that guy's having a hell of a year so uh, the two goalies are hellebuck and rene i mean i think obviously <clears throat> rene is a, a shoe and he's the best goalie in the central but hellebuck's having a hellebuck of a year <laughs> oh oh i see what you did See what I did there? I made a joke. I made a... Bill's getting creative. Yeah. Man. But the captain of the central, PK Subban. Not even a captain of his own team. Not even captain of his own team. <laughs> not uh, deemed not good enough to be captain of the Canadiens. Did you guys see him come in? Uh, I think it was against the Oilers last night. He walked in wearing a, a cowboy hat and a Titans jersey. I thought that was pretty awesome. Uh, a number of players came in wearing Titan jerseys. Yeah, I think that was pretty cool. I did not see that. <clears throat> uh, so we got uh, Jaden Schwartz's return, uh, which is uh, I. It kind of came out of the left field for me because I wasn't for some reason I was I was thinking he was still like a month and a half away or something. But um, they're saying about uh, January twentieth, twenty third, something like that. Uh, well, he'd be reevaluated on the twentieth. So, and it's uh, apparently he will be back in like what, five or six games. Yeah, that's, uh, I mean, you know, I, it's, oh, I was going to say that I'm, I'm in the minority and, and I'm kind of saying this sarcastically, but kind of not. I kind of don't want him to come back because I want the Blues to figure out this slump without Jaden Schwartz. If he gets hurt in the playoffs, the Blues are four and done. I mean, it, it's a it's laughable how bad they've been without him, and I kind of want them to figure this out without him in the lineup. Having said that, 
getting him back in the lineup, and if they do start winning games, this is huge. And this is exactly what this team needs right now is they've fallen on some pretty hard times. I find it hard to believe that that just with the return of Jaden Schwartz, I get that bringing him back, that bumps people, that, that switches the lines around, um, gets that top line back together, um, and it makes the offense that much better. But still, with that said, um, you still have APR in the lineup. Um, <laughs> so I'm thinking that I think a lot of people are, I've been saying this and I agree that they still need to make a move for a scoring depth forward. Um, so, but we'll, we can talk about that later. Yeah. I mean, Schwartz doesn't, doesn't, um, you know, solve the power play problem. I mean, he's, he doesn't solve the power play problem. He doesn't solve the, uh, the uh, scoring from the defense. That is not what it was to start the season. Right. And he doesn't solve the, uh, the inconsistent goaltending we've been getting. So, yeah. Right. I mean, the the numbers speak for themselves. His the Blues record with him in the lineup versus him out of the lineup is it's it's unbelievable. Don't have the numbers in front of me, but they they are just they win when he's in the lineup. But he can't solve those problems. And I agree with Jeff that I love for them to be able to figure it out. You know, uh, it, it's there are so many issues with this team right now that Jaden Schwartz alone, like you said, just will not fix. We do, I mean the 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 power play has not been good all season. Um, the penalty kill was not good to start the year, and it got good for a while, <clears throat> and but now it's it's bad again. So uh, there are a number of problems with this team that um, I don't. I think I think offensively, obviously, will be a lot better because of the top line thing. Um, and that will get Saboka off the top line, hopefully. <laughs> um, and uh, really, I, I'm, I mean, I think, you know, Saboka had a nice little run uh, on the top two lines or so, I, but I think he needs to just go back to where he's supposed to be, which is a third-line player. Yeah, well, over the last few games, he he's only spot-filled in there. They've gone with Barbashev or Berglund in the yeah. top line. and He did have that nice assist to uh, Thompson at the end of uh, last game. Which from behind the goal, which was yeah, yeah, but there was yeah, one over point. yeah over reliance on on him, um, you know Magnus PRV, uh, any you know the the guy just has no no hands. All he's got is speed. He can get the puck, he can chip it to a corner, go after it, but he can't retrieve it. He can't catch a pass. He can't take a shot. The guy the guy is is just filling up space on this team right now. And, you know, he and Thorburn are my, the, the two guys, when I see them in the lineup, I'm like, yeah, this is not good. Yeah. Uh, Thorburn is a guy that could just go away as far as I'm concerned. I don't, I don't like him on this team, but uh, I think a lot of people uh, talking about Schwartz, they don't, they, they kind of um, underestimate his uh, defensive abilities, his, uh, his uh, uh, theft right. of the takeaways. I mean, he, I mean, he's, he's fantastic in the neutral zone. Uh, stealing the puck and going back the other way. That's a huge part um, of, it makes a huge difference in a game, uh, taking those takeaways. So um, it's not just his offense. It's his, uh, it's his back checking. It's his uh, center ice checking. Um, getting those turnovers of center ice. All right, guys, we got, uh, we've got Joe Fresta on the line here, as I promised our listeners. Uh, Joe is the co-founder and vice president of Pasta House Company the organizer of the Steinberg Winter Classic, a pond hockey tournament held every year to raise funds 
to benefit the Cancer Care Foundation. And Joe is also a two-time testicular cancer survivor. Uh, Joe, thank you for joining the show. No problem, Jeff. How are you this evening? Uh, very good. We're uh, good. we're sitting here talking about the return of Jaden Schwartz, and uh, you and I were just discussing this kind of off air too. That uh, you uh, you 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 feel the same way we do. This team needs some kind of jolt in the lineup. Yeah, they do, and he certainly provided it. Uh, you know, in the early going when they were doing so well, but uh, and it was it was um, it's a shame they lost him. But you know, that's life in the NHL. It's um, you have to live with these injuries and. You have to rely on your depth and other guys to step up and, and fill in and, you know, keep the keep the train uh, moving, so to speak. But uh, they just uh, they haven't been able to do that at all. No, it's uh, it's been almost laughable watching this offense try to score some goals. So it'll be nice getting him back in. But uh, we'll get back to the Blues talk here in a bit. I want to go ahead and up front talk to you about the uh, Steinberg Winter Classic, which this year is March 2nd, 3rd, and 4th. Again, that is the first weekend in March. Um, so I guess my question for you, obviously, you, you raise the funds for cancer care. Obviously, very near and dear uh, to your heart. But why a pond hockey tournament? And why did you choose uh, the Cancer Care Foundation? Well, as you, as you mentioned briefly, I'm a two-time cancer survivor myself. And, um, you know, having gone through that as a young man, you know, both times, I had a I had a lot of support through um, family and friends and whatnot, and also the financial wherewithal to deal with all that. And, um, you know, I, there's a lot of, believe it or not, there's a lot of folks, a lot of families where, you know, a cancer diagnosis, no matter where it hits in the family, can be very devastating. And so, you know, the, the funds that we raise, um, we like to look at it as a direct impact uh, situation where we we directly go and help these families who get into these situations, whether it be pay their gas bill in the middle of winter, pay their mortgage. We've done things like, you know, repair people's cars, um, you know, you name it, whatever they need to uh, kind of get that financial burden off their minds. Um, because the battle against cancer, as you know, is a, it's a rough road and, and, it, and it, it, it's very taxing emotionally and mentally. And, um, you know, to have a financial stress on top of that is just—it's just—it's just way too much. So, we we try to step in there and and um, you know relieve them of that, so they can they can really focus on just getting better and, and, and beating it. And then the hockey pieces, of course, I'm a you know I'm a huge hockey guy. I've played ever since I was four years old, and um, you know basically learned to play on frozen ponds. You know, right here in St. Louis, and then ironically enough over at uh, Steinberg Ice Rink in Forest Park when I was when I first signed up for youth hockey when I was about four years old. So, you know, I kind of put the two together. Uh, I attended one of the first uh, NHL Winter Classics at Wrigley Field in Chicago, and I was in the stands, and I was with a, a, a dear friend of mine, John Jost, who I went to school with, both college and high school. And, you know, John's now the, you know, the, the head coach at CBC High School. But, um, you know, I was thinking to myself, wow, isn't this a, this is just a really cool event. And I've been to a lot of different sporting events, uh, Super Bowls, World Series, Final Fours, Frozen Fours, you name it. And there just was nothing that compared to this, this outdoor, uh, you know, this outdoor display of hockey in a, in a baseball or football stadium. It was just 
really, really neat. So I decided, you know, why not do something like this for just regular, you know, amateur players or beer league guys to, uh, you know, go back and harken back to their childhood and, and re-experience that, that, uh, that, 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 uh, you know, being out in the, in the, on the frozen pond or a lot of the rinks back in, back in the day were outdoor ice rinks. And so I sort of put the two together and, and, um, it's been a, just a huge success ever since seven years ago. And we just keep marching on. We've raised, uh, well over a million dollars the first five years. And here we are, you know, starting our seventh campaign. And that's, that's amazing. And, And for those that aren't aware, if you've never been, uh, you don't have to play to enjoy this this event. Um, I I played last year, which but we'll we'll get into that too about uh, how you can sign up. But um, you know, I I just stayed and hung out for about four hours after. And uh, you know, they got the they got the grill open where you can get food, and they got beer and soda. And um, but just just watching the games, the way they divide the rink up, um, it, it's just it's so much fun to just watch and be a part of and, and the, the gear you guys have, the, um, the hoodies you can buy, the, the t-shirts, the hats. Um, I'm, I'm not sure if all those, how much of those proceeds go to the charity, but any help, any little bit helps. And it's just, it, and I can't recommend enough coming out to this event and checking it out for yourself. It's, it's just a, a great time to, to check out. And, you know, what else are you doing the first weekend of March? So, uh, Joe, let's get into a little bit about, um, just tell us a little bit about how the teams uh, can sign up and um, how the teams are grouped uh, in terms of skill level. It's very simple. You can go to our website. It's SteinbergWinterClassic.com. And you just go online and you, you, you click on the uh, registration drop down and it'll, it'll instruct you where to go there. And it's just very simple. You, you, you fill in the, you fill in the spaces of, you know, to fill out your, your team. And, uh, you know, you just hit send and, and it goes to us and then, and then, uh, we get you, uh, logged in and we get back to you with some further, uh, simple instruction and, and away you go, you're, you're set to go. So divisions are set up by age group. So we, we go from 21 to 30 and then the next division is 31 to 40 and 41 to 50 and then 51 on up. And so that's how we divide it up. And um, something new we're doing this year is called uh, the Goaltenders Club, which is sort of reminiscent of the old Goaltenders Club at the old arena, if anybody remembers that. And, um, you know, in years past, goaltenders uh, weren't really allowed to play in the, uh, in the classic because we just, we, you don't have goalies in, in pond hockey. You score in these, these wooden uh, pond hockey goals. And so this will be a chance for, you know, goaltenders to sort of, you know, get rid of the pillows, so to speak, you know, you know, put their skates on and, you know, get some regular shin pads, gloves, elbow pads and a, and a helmet and stick and go out there and, you know, uh, play with and against their, uh, their brethren, so to speak. And, and, uh, you know, participate and help raise funds for, uh, local families fighting cancer. Yeah. I know one of my co-hosts would definitely be interested in that. Um, as well as uh, uh, a gentleman we've had on the show many times, uh, Nick. I can't pronounce your last name, but Nick from Toast Dispatch. Uh, two goalies we have on the show often, so something for you guys to consider. Maybe start your own uh, Blues podcast team. Uh, that would be a lot of fun. But well, there uh, you go. There's two right there. All I need is four more guys. There you Check go. That. Four more. Here you go. <laughs> I could I could act like I'm a goalie. Why not? Well, sure. Why 
Well, you're, well that's the that's the beauty of it. You don't, uh, you know, um, you don't you don't have to be a goalie to play in this thing. You, but you got to, but if you are a goalie, you got to know how to play. You got to have uh, some, uh, you know, forward skills. So, that's right. Uh, yeah. So it, it should be great fun for those guys to finally get to get out there and just compete against each other in that in that in their own uh, special division. Okay. Well, speaking of uh, goalies, uh, let's get into a little blues talk for a couple minutes here. Uh, what is wrong with Jake Allen? Well, it seems like it's the same thing uh, that happened last year. It seems to be a recurring theme with him that uh, right around, uh, you know, this time he just sort of has a, a little bit of a swoon and, and then gets himself into a mental funk um, and just doesn't, for, doesn't perform. Now, you know, this doesn't get the rest of the team off the hook by any means. Nobody's played well, let's face it. I mean, you know, everyone from uh, the defenseman on up to the forwards, which you mentioned earlier, you're just not scoring goals. And it's the same, that's sort of been a recurring, recurring problem since last year. You know, goal scoring is a problem on this team. And, um, you know, they're just, they're just not getting the production. And, you know, quite frankly, you know, if you if you got the puck down in their in their end, um, it's awful hard for their team to score goals. So, you know, it's it's not just it's not all his fault. Um, there's certainly enough blame to go all around up and down the bench. Yeah, you're getting some nods from my co-hosts here. I think they uh, they agree with you. I know I do too. Um, but but if you're Mike Yo, um, and you're uh, you know your team just had their their last game before the bye week. Uh, what did you tell your team last night before departing ways uh, for an entire week until the next practice? Well, I think, you know, you you know, most coaches really don't, uh, they don't go in the locker room after a game and talk. I mean, uh, to the team very often, contrary to popular belief, but I would think before a break like this, he probably walked in there and said, Hey, look, boys, we could, you know, you need to take this time and take a long look in the mirror and, and uh, aside from getting some, you know, some rest, you need to re- you need to evaluate, you know, what you've done thus far, and and um, you know address what you need to do personally to make this a better hockey team. And then when you get back here, you better be ready to play, and um, get back to what we were we were doing at the beginning of the season. Now I will mention this: is there, there seems to be a line of demarcation here where ever since. Uh, Berglund and Steen became healthy and they inserted them into the lineup, that's when things started to go south, in my mind. That seems to be kind of the common denominator. Now, those guys, you know, they don't bring a whole lot of speed. And in the beginning of the year, they had an awful lot of young legs out there that were generating a lot of pace. Now, the NHL today is all about pace and speed. And um, if you can't bring it, you're not going to win many hockey games um, in today's NHL. And so, you know, you got it's a young man's game now. And you got to play these kids and, and let them play. And, and um, um, you know, it's usually these, especially these higher draft picks, that they, they should be ready to go and insert them in the lineup and away you go. But, you know, we'll, we'll see what happens when they come back. But that seems to be um, – sort of the common denominator as I look at it. Again, if you're tuning in uh, just now, we're speaking with uh, Joe Fresta, the uh, the uh, uh, organizer for the um, uh, 
Steinberg Winter Classic, uh, the pond hockey tournament held um, here in a, about a month and a half, I guess. Um, maybe a little bit longer than that. Uh, it's uh, the beginning of March. Um, so Joe, a uh, big hockey fan, you, uh, you're talking about the young guys on the team who on this team in terms of the young guns, maybe the guys that are on the team now, or maybe guys that are in the system, who uh, are you most excited about and who has impressed you so far? Well, I'll tell you before the season started, I was really, really, um, high on Pareko. I mean, I, you know, I, I'm, you know, not that that would change now, but he hasn't, he hasn't really played too well as of late, just like the rest of the team. But, you know, that, that, that kid really has a lot of potential to be, to really be a superstar in this league. I mean, he's got the size, he's got the speed, he's definitely got the shot. I mean, the guy's got a howitzer from the blue line. And, um, you know, he, he certainly has the potential to be something special um, in years to come. If we could just get a little Chris Pronger in him, a uh, little, little meanness, um, boy, he'd be really something to, to reckon with. I agree. So, um, Joe, uh, I, you know, I think the, the answer here is really something we're overlooking. More of St. Louis's best toasted ravioli for this team at the pasta house. Am I right? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> it's all in the sauce. <laughs> and you got to carve up, boys. You got to carve up before the game. That's right. Yeah, you know? yeah, you definitely. I, I know I do yeah. that before tournaments. Yeah, Dougie, Go- Dougie Gilmore used to go in and eat a pound of pasta before every game. The guy <laughs> just to keep weight on. <laughs> wow. Well, yeah, it worked I, for him. I encourage that. Okay. Well, I'll uh, I'll spread it to the boys for sure. Yeah. Get it around. Uh, so, uh, so Joe, you've, you've, uh, obviously we, we, we love having you on and, and we'll, we'll be glad to have you back on again before the tournament. But, um, I know that you also said you do a segment, uh, at least with Charlie tuna who records on Mondays. Um, is there any other, uh, or when's the best time for people to listen to your takes on hockey? Yeah, it's, it's usually on Monday nights on the Charlie tuna show on five ninety the fan. And I come on usually right about, um, eight 40 is when I come on and uh, I'm usually on for about, a, you know, 30 minutes to 40 minutes uh, per segment. And um, we get into a little hockey talk with, 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 with the boys in the studio and uh, seems to be pretty well received. So uh, they keep asking me back. So I must be doing something right. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, well, you're, Hey, you're going to come back on this show too. So you're definitely doing something right. As long as you'll have yeah. us. <laughs> Anytime. I'm more than happy to come on and uh, chat hockey. All right. Uh, well, um, I love the game. And, and hey, in, in uh, acceptance of you coming on the show, I'll accept Pasta House gift cards all day long. Anytime. <laughs> you're, you're welcome. We will, you, you could be my lunch guest anytime you like. Just oh, that's that's the best news I've heard all day. <laughs> <laughs> you got it, Jeff. All right, Joe. Thank you for coming on. And uh, if you want to check out uh, uh, Joe's, uh, the, the charity event, the Steinberg Winter Classic, it's SteinbergWinterClassic.com. And uh, again, listen to him on the Charlie Tuna Show, Monday nights on 590. Thanks again, Joe. Okay, take care, Jeff. Have a good evening. You too. Thank you. Okay. You conduct a fine interview, sir. Well, you know, it's in my blood. <laughs> <laughs> um, the good stuff. Yeah, let's, uh, let's uh, get uh, Nick Halak. Uh <laughs> And uh, get a team together for this thing. I like the idea. That would be fun. I'd play on your team. Who does? They don't know I'm not a goalie. 
<clears throat> you look like a goalie. I do. I do. I look like uh, Robin Lehner. As long as I, I'm, I'm going to get some uh, icicles in my hair. Um. So, uh, I guess back to the uh, the Blues talk. Uh, next on the agenda, we got the uh, the Capitals three on three breakdown. I think Jeff, you want you brought that up. You want to talk about that? The uh, well, okay. Your 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 take on the on the. I guess you want to talk about the Pareko incident in overtime. Right. Uh, I mean, you know, it, it, a little bit of Pareko, a little bit of Tarasenko. Obviously, the, the for those who saw the play, which I imagine if you're listening to the show, you probably did. Um, that game-winning goal is is highly contested. Yeah, that was a burp. Sorry. I. Uh, it's hard. It's hard to drink beer and do a podcast and not have those come out every now and then. He, he talks and burps, doesn't miss a beat. He's like running and taking a shit at the same time. <laughs> he can do it all. That's right. Hey, I held him in the whole time. I talked to Joe. Uh, but uh, no, if you uh, if if you watch the play, I mean, you, you know that there was the slash on Pareko by the guy who scored the goal. He goes to the weak side. They pass him the puck wide open, scores on Hutton, game over. It looks like Pareko's at fault and the referee's at fault, which I agree. Uh, referee, you know, that's not a slash to me, but that's the way they've been calling it all year. So that needs to be called a slash. I don't care that it's overtime. I know that they want to put their whistles in their pockets and not quote unquote dictate what happens in the game, but you're still dictating what happens in the game. If you don't make a call, that should be a call any other time of the game. Uh, Colton Pareko. So we got the blame on the ref there. And I think you guys can agree with that. I think Colton Pareko is at fault for trying to go in on two guys like that. When it's three on three, you got plenty of ice. You don't need to force a play. Um, I mean, you see guys all the time get the puck and circle back to their own zone just because they know they've got the open ice. So that's the kind of play he needed to make. But the one that I am actually pointing most fingers at and somebody that most people aren't even talking about with this play was Vladimir Tarasenko. Uh, yes, the guy can score goals. Yes, he's got to be out there in overtime. But he, they, they lose the puck, and he goes for a change. He skates off for a change. When you see Nicholas Backstrom skate to the weak side, you've got to stay back there. I know you're not a defenseman. I don't care how tired you are. Stay back there and at least try to stop the pass. He let Backstrom have all the time in the world. Think about if if Carter Hutton makes a, a toe save or a glove save that he doesn't cover. Backstrom's probably got two or three more shots in him before anybody else gets back there. Tarasenko peeled off way too early. Um, again, I know he was probably tired. He needed to go for a change. But at that moment in the game, that is an awful, awful line change. And he knows better. Pareko knows better. The referee knows better. That's the end of my rant. How do you guys feel about it? I I agree with you. Um, I'm a little more stern on whether it should have been a penalty. I think that's that's a penalty all day long. I know overtime, uh, like playoffs, whistles are put away. That's baloney with slashing this year, as far as I'm concerned. Especially, especially since the slash started in motion, the uh, directly played a role in starting in motion the series of events that scored that goal. So you've seen every game, almost every game, you see a stick just come up, not a whack, just a, a stick that that makes contact with the gloves or the stick between the gloves, that, that, that foot and a half uh, area of stick between the gloves. Makes a little whack, that's a penalty. Every time. Uh, well, a lot. And if that's a penalty, then that slash that knocks the stick out of Preco's hands is a penalty all day long. Um, 
and I've said, and I told, I think I told somebody online that overtime, different rules almost, which sucks. Um, but again, it led, it directly led to that scoring chance. And I think that's got to be called. Uh, the rest, I, I think the rest of what you said, I agree with completely. Um, bad change by Tarasenko. Um, you know, and, and Preko's got to pull back. He shouldn't get in the traffic like that. Doesn't have to. So, I mean, uh, I think who was on his wing was it? Berglund was out there with him, maybe. I forgot who was on the on the wing, uh, and somebody. And Tarasenko was was uh, kind of center ice. So, yeah, that was just a, a bad. Uh, it was Berglund. It was Berglund. Bad by the referee. Uh, bad by Pareko for skating in the traffic, um, and terrible by Tarasenko for making that change when he's the last guy back. And uh, especially, I mean, he made that change after mm-hmm. Pareko's stick was slashed out of his hands. So he's got to recognize that your defenseman is the stick's gone. So you got you got to stay out. You can't make a change when it's three on three, and one of the guys on your team has a stick knocked away. I, there's there's essentially two guys out there now, and you make a change. What the hell? Yeah. So two points on this. You know, I I completely agree with all the points that have been made here. Um, you know, the the thing that's damning to me uh, on the Tarasenko front with this, you know, who you're playing in this game. You know, you're playing. Alex Ovechkin and Nick Backstrom. You know you have to be ready for a quick counterattack, and you're going to peel off and make a change. That's bad on him. Just not not a head, you know, any kind of a heady play by him whatsoever. But I really have a problem with the change in enforcement by the officials. It's like every year. January 1st, the calendar turns and whatever the point of emphasis, whatever they've enforced for the first three and a half months of the season are now out the window. You know, now we're, we're gearing up, you know, games are starting to get serious. You know, we're, we're going to start changing. And, you know, by the time we get to the playoffs, you could murder somebody and not get called for a penalty. And I hate that about the NHL. I, I hate the constant you can you can rely on it every year that they're not going to call things consistently, even when the it's the thing that they've called out from the beginning of the year as this is what we're focusing on this year. You know, it's just it it drives me insane. And that to me, that was a clear penalty. Backstrom Backstrom was the guy that scored the goal. Backstrom was the guy that slashed the stick out of his hands. Should not have, yeah. You, you know, should not have been allowed to stand. I agree. I think I think too that uh a lot of people will say, well, the official didn't want to make the call because he didn't want to, you know, oh, I can't call that kind of penalty in overtime. I'll be deciding the game. He essentially he, did right. decide the game by right. not calling the penalty. So I mean, that's, it's, it's not, it's not, it wasn't a play where it was a slash to the leg or a slash to the arm or a slash to the midsection, whatever. Yeah. He knocked a stick out. So Preko is essentially useless out there. I mean, if you get slashed in the arm, leg, Preko skates on no big deal, but it's the stick out of the hands. It's a different kind of a, you you have to call that slash, especially on three on three when you've essentially rendered a player useless on Mm -hmm. the ice. Yeah. Horrid, horrid, (laughs) horrid, horrible. Mm -hmm. Uh, so the, uh, Tuesday's game versus the Panthers last night's game, <laughs> uh, where are we going to start here? A great start to the game, but, uh, uh the, the second, second goal. goal, 
Uh, the with the, the from Ter- Ter- uh, from Tarasenko to Pareko? Yes. Yeah. Oh, that was fantastic. Uh, that that it, was one of the best goals of the year. That was great. Uh, Preko pinched in weak side uh, down the just out of lane, and uh, Tarasenko found him back door, a little little give and go kind of thing, and uh, it was uh, that was fantastic. That and I think I tweeted out at the time that was that's just a good that's that's just good good hockey. You that see place. a goal like that early in the game, and you think this team's gonna steamroll the rest of the game. Like I thought it was gonna be five six nothing by the end of the night. That didn't yeah. happen. Yep. Yeah, they're playing good, and it was two nothing. You're like, oh, this is, this is this is looking good. Two nothing. You know, you've seen that everyone's heard the stats. Oh, when Blues score first, their record's fantastic. Oh wow, they scored the first two goals. It's got to be like undefeated and forever. <laughs> uh, but no, not not even close. After what about the ten minute mark of the first period is when uh, it all uh, went to hell. Um, <laughs> started to anyway. Um. Panthers scored, uh, uh, Ekblad scored, and then, uh, <laughs> and then uh, Huberto scored, um, which I, you know, that, that was an interesting goal. Um, the first goal was, a, was a nice goal. It was a yeah. beautiful goal. It, it came right after Pareko's goal, which was a nice goal. And then, uh, uh, Ekblad's goal was pretty. It was a pass across a slot. Uh, Ekblad's breaking from right to left. Uh, Allen slides across and Ekblad takes it, goes back in across the grain against the grain and upper you know, backhand upper uh, shelf. And it's like, Oh, Alan was just toast. Yeah. Um, that was a good play. What? There may be five defensemen in the NHL that can pull that move off. That was fantastic. It was, it was, I mean, it was, it was a great goal. Yeah. I mean, you, most people are going to grab it and shoot. He takes it and goes backhand against the grain and shoots back the other way. And then there was no chance. Um, but uh, the second, the second goal, second Panthers goal was interesting because uh, that was a centering pass that um, hit off of Berglund skate. And then off of uh, who scored that goal? Uh, Huberto. Uh, uh, off Barkov. Of, uh, uh, yeah, um, Barkov. Uh, Huberto centered it. So uh, <laughs> uh, off Barkov skate. So off off Berglund skate, off Barkov skate, and past Allen. And I'm like, you've got to be kidding me. That, that's I mean, it, that's just in. something where yeah, you just as bad as as Jake Allen maybe was in that game. That's one that's just like, come on. That's the kind of goal he can. I mean, not that it's his fault. It's just the kind of goal that karma just can't let in at this point right especially with him with with the blues struggling to score goals and they're up two nothing and you you really want alan to have a good game to get maybe some confidence or whatever to get back on track and and you like please just no fluky stuff <laughs> no bad goals and second what 15 minutes into the game something like that a few minutes ago in the first they uh, they tied up on that kind of goal it's like oh my god and the, and then that I think that kind of well and then the start of the second period, um, what a few minutes three four five minutes in, uh, we score Tarasenko scores, so I'm like okay well we weathered the the they came back make it two two, and then we're like okay so we get back on top three two okay we've righted the ship, <laughs> things are gonna, things are gonna be okay now, and then and, and then not even not, after that it was just all downhill Florida scored bang 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 three goals in the third and and, and second in the. In like four minutes, yeah. what three goals in mm. four minutes and something? Yeah, I think it was three fifty-five or something yeah. like that. And so, <laughs> and at that point, it just not only Allen; it looked like the entire team had deflated. They yeah. they gave up that lead, or I'm sorry, they 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 tied it up. The 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 uh, Panthers tied it up. Then they scored the fourth goal, Jonathan Huberto, and it was just this team's done. Oh, yeah. Like at that but, point, it was like this team is done. They don't have anything. 
the tie the, the game that went the goal that tied it up at three, I thought Allen looked horrible. Um, I, I didn't really talk, they didn't really, I mean they mentioned it briefly on the on the broadcast. I think they're not gonna throw players under the bus or too much, which you know I get. But um Allen and Bill, your goalie, you can you correct me if I'm wrong on this, but when when that when that puck was centered, it hit the side of the net and came to uh who scored that goal? Uh Verbata. Verbata. Yeah. So when when he gets the puck, okay, there's no first of all, he's he's there's no one on him, which okay, the puck inside of the goal went to him. It, it's hard to predict that. But then Allen, <laughs> Allen is like on the goal line, he's off the post, and he's just like trying to guess where the puck's gonna go with his glove. And Verbata's all day long. And he doesn't shoot right away. He kind of corrals it, looks up, picks a spot, and then she. I'm thinking, Allen has to challenge this guy. He's sitting back on the goal line. He's off the post. Scoot out at him. Take the yeah, angle. But, and but, he's he's basically got to react and guess or hope that he hits his glove because his, and it was terrible to me. Let let me guess what I think, Bill. Bill, I think I know what Jake Allen's thinking, but I want to say like I want to say my thought before you do because I want to be like, oh, I'm just agreeing with Bill because he's the goalie. I read that as Jake Allen thought he was going to cut to his backhand and he was going to cut across the crease and try to roof it over his glove or something. But instead he just skated to the weak side and then just lifted it over Allen who was scooting the other way. That was the way I read it, which the goalie made the first move that can never happen. Yeah, no, I, I think you're right on the point that the goalie made the first move. And I think it, it it is the most glaring sign that Jake Allen is completely lost somewhere in his own head at this point. You know, he he tried to guess what was going to happen and he got he got outmaneuvered by a forward. You know, Verbata has been around for a long time. He's a pretty cool customer, especially if you got that much time. There's no reason for Jake Allen to have have made that jump like he did. And yeah, I, I agree with you completely there, Jeff, just, just terrible. But I'm, I want to back up to before the game started and what the fuck is Mike Yo oh. thinking? Sorry. No, good. Sorry, good. Sorry <laughs> but what the fuck is Mike Yo thinking starting Jake Allen in this game? It is such a high risk thing for, and, and I think the second goal, the, the tying goal, is the you know kind of the the proof of why you don't start Jake Allen in a game like this a fluky goal can completely derail you know you you want you want him to come into this game win it and feel great going into you know the, the break that's that's the only reason why you start Allen in this game and but the risk is he gives up a goal like that and then the other goals that he gives up, it completely deflates him. He he is going to, you know, this break is not going to redeem him. It is going to be like, you know, probably beginning of March before we can expect to see Jake Allen, you know, find a way to get his head out of his ass and start playing goal. It just, it, it I thought there was too much risk. Carter Hutton has been playing very well. If Carter Hutton has a bad game, okay, so then when we come out of the break, Jake's ready. But yeah. now his, his confidence is shot. I think that, that, that was total terrible decision by Mike Yo. That was the exact same thought I had when I saw that he was starting. I said, the risk is way outweighing the reward because, yeah, he's hoping Jake Allen's going to have a great game against a dismal team. And then he's going to come out of the break hot. But 
you that you're better off just saying, Jake, we're going to give you a little mental break again, and you can come out of the break, and we're going to start you. I don't care if Carter Hutton stands on his head and makes 50 saves and gets a shutout. We're going to start you after the break, I promise. So you just be ready for that. That's what should have happened. And and I hate to tell an NHL coach how to do his job because I know what he's – but that's the thing is that I know what he's thinking. And I know, Bill and Kurt, you do too. He's thinking get him hot, get him confident before the break, and then he's going to come out of the break playing even better. But you just can't expect that to happen. Again, I've said this before. There are 31 good NHL teams. There are not any bad NHL teams. Make the jokes all you want about the Buffalo Sabres. They can still mop the floor with any other team in, in the in the world outside of the NHL. Uh, you can't expect a goalie to come out and have a good game against any team when he's struggling as much as he is. You need to go with the sure thing and then come out of the break with him and see what he can do. Um, the uh, I think it was the fourth goal by uh, the Panthers that uh, were was it Braden Shen completely lost his man. Uh, the uh, who uh, let's see who scored that goal? Yeah. Is it Tro- Trocheck? Yeah, Trocheck's yeah. goal. Yeah, Trocheck scored. Yeah, where Shen was watching the puck, just puck watching, and his man just skates behind him and by him, receives the pass, and Shen sees him way too late, and then uh, uh, scores on Allen. Which again, that goal not a great goal either because it goes through Allen. Uh, so I, I mean, I yeah, people like to to single out one thing that that caused a goal to happen that went wrong or, or some one person to blame. But a lot of times it's multiple things. In this game, um, it was multi- it seemed like it was multiple things on every goal. It wasn't just Allen. People are, are ripping Allen uh, on social media. Yeah, he had a bad game. Um, but there was a, a complete systematic breakdown uh, on defense all night long. Um, that goal where Shen just completely just was caught acting like a zombie just watching the play. Um, the play off the faceoff that they scored. Mm-hmm. Uh, Potangelo couldn't tie sure. the guy up. Yeah, he could. Potangelo couldn't tie him up and and just spun and shot and scored. And it was another bad goal on Jake. He was like yeah. off his angle. So it's just, I, just this team, <laughs> um, is that that I don't even know. I'm at a loss for words with with all the the crap that happened last game because it was just so. My jaw was like open the whole game. It's like this is ridiculous. Yeah. I think that after the Panthers got the lead, after Roboto's goal, you know, it the game was over. And the, the Blues, yeah, they fought back. It, the final was seven to four. You know, we we still scored a couple more goals in the game, but they were done. They had checked out. I that Shen play that you were talking about, the fourth goal. Yeah, he he was just he's checked out. He's you know, the break is here. God, I just let me go sit on the beach for a week. I, I think that had set in for most of the team. And it, yeah, it's just, it's funny because during the blues broadcast, they, they, they really just briefly mentioned that that was Shen's guy. They didn't spend time on it at LA at all. Um, but the Panthers broadcast, if you listen to the highlights on NHL.com, they have the Panthers guys calling the, the, the goals because um, they won the game, I guess. But um, it's funny how they just say, Oh, Shen just was not paying attention on that goal, and the Blues just standing around. And I'm like, you know, it's it's pretty bad to get an objective analysis of the Blues play. You can't listen to the Blues broadcasters. You have to listen to somebody else because, and I guess that's that's true. You, you don't do you notice it when the Blues broadcast team is is calling a game. You're listening to them, and they they are much more critical of 
the other team than of the Blues. So I mean, I guess that's fair in for other. They're teams. they're employees of the team I know, I know. in one way or another, and and that's just that's going to be the case hear, anywhere. It was just funny to hear different sides, the, the like to watch the Blues broadcast live, and when I'm watching it, I'm thinking, oh, Shen screwed up there. That's his guy. He was just totally just zoned out, and but they didn't really say anything about it, so, and it bugged me. It bu- I, I mean, I know they don't they don't really get into that because they can't, but it just bugged me um, because you know. You watch a game, you want to hear it properly analyzed. But and then the other, I it was just neat seeing the other, hearing the broadcast, uh, call it kind of the way I expected. Kurt, you want to hear proper analysis? You tune into Let's Go Blues Radio. <laughs> every, every other week during the holidays and <laughs> every week during the season. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Uh, so so coming out of this game, guys, we we've already talked about it. The Blues have their break coming up. Um, we were hoping that there'd be a Blues win. Mike Yo was hoping that there'd be a Jake Allen big game. Uh, neither of those happened. Bad loss, bad loss on home ice. Uh, wh- what, I mean, what are your thoughts going into this break? I mean, are the Blues hanging their heads? Do you think NHL players are stepping out of their break saying, hey, it's break time. I, I'm going to wash myself away from thinking about hockey for seven days or is it something that weighs on them? What do you expect uh, for this team coming out of the break? Uh, I, I, I mean, I think uh, you know it's a long season, and the players, um, I don't think they get too up or down over wins and losses during the season. I mean, I granted this has been a long stretch of of poor to inconsistent play, but uh, I, I think this break can only help them. I mean, it, it can't hurt them any, <laughs> based on the way they've been playing. So. Um, but honestly, I think they're in trouble. I, I think, I think with the way they're playing and with the games in hand, the other teams have on us. Uh, pretty soon, uh, if we don't turn it around and start playing better, we're going to slip and be fighting for a wild card spot. Um, if if I mean, look how far we were ahead of Chicago for you know how many weeks now? Ten points, twelve points out of Chicago. Ha ha! This is great. Um, if they win their games in hand, it's a big F. They have four games in hand. If they win the games in hand, uh, as of right now, they're ahead of us in the standings. And they made a big move today. Yeah. Picked up uh, Anthony Duclair. For got pan- rid of that Panic. Richard Ponick deal. Yeah. Yep. You know, that's not that I think Anthony Duclair solves all their problems. I think their problems, the fact that they have two defensemen and you know their second best defenseman got scratched last night. That's... Wakey, wakey, Seabrook. <laughs> Man, yeah. that that is I when I saw he got scratched. I knew he hadn't been playing very well, but then he gets scratched. And his his cap hit, I think, is six point five million. And you know how long he's on a contract still? For six more seasons. And uh, I, I maybe this is just a slump he's in, whatever. But um, I think it's funny, especially Seabrook. So, yeah, and and I think that declare deal is going to help. I mean, that's a guy that uh, can be the next type of Richard Panic player, where he's coming off you know eh, bad numbers, I guess, and then plays with a team that has offensive abilities like Taves and Kane and uh, Brandon Sod. That could be a huge boost for them. And yeah, I mean, the fact that uh, they're you know we talked all year about. Well, the Blues are this many points ahead of the Blackhawks. You know, oh, the, well, at least the Blues are ahead of the Blackhawks right now by 10 points or whatever it's been. That's not so far anymore. I mean, we're going to see what happens come Tuesday in the Blues' next game. But uh, 
standings could look a lot different by the time the next the the next time the Blues take the ice. Um, so I think um, well, the Blues need to get Schwartz back. Allen needs to get his act together. Um, and I think at some point here soon, hopefully, they need to acquire a scoring forward. Um, that they, they, I think all those things need to happen, and I think at least two of them will. I hope Allen gets his act together. Um, and after if that happens, then I'll be comfortable with this teaming. I think that would go a long, I mean, a huge way to solving this team's issues right now. Because I think the 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 that would help with the forwards. That would help with because uh, the 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 inconsistent play of the forwards and the lack of scoring. Um, has hurt the Blues defensively. So, I mean, just to say it's just the Blues defense, that's not entirely accurate. You know, it's, it's the, the forwards are helping out back on defense as well. So their poor play makes it that much tougher on the defense. So, and the pucks and run more. So that, uh, that would be nice if they could pull those things off. And then I'd be actually quite happy. I would be very optimistic about the chances. But right now, a lot of things have to change. So you, you mentioned the Blues acquiring another forward. Let's, Jump ahead a little bit to this. Um, there's been some rumors, uh, and rumors are rumors. Let's let's remember that we don't like to sit here and talk about the fan rumors on this show. But uh, some, some it is fun. It's fun, but we all know that most of them are bull cocky, as some like to say. Um, but uh, there are two names that have come up a lot: um, Mr. Mike Hoffman and Mr. Max Pacioretty. Uh, one, do you guys think that either of these are a possibility? And two, uh, would you? Would you? That like with any trade, it depends who you get, who you give up to get him. I mean, I would love to have Hoffman. Um, I think he'd be my out of the two. I think I'd rather have him. Um, but uh, uh, he's got. I mean, there's money too. You got to have somebody leaving the roster because I mean, we're not. We don't have a ton of cap room, and he makes over five million cap it. So. And um, Pacioretty's what six million? Pacioretty is uh, four point five cap. Four point five, yeah. yeah. So, I mean, money wise, I think Pacioretty's the the better deal. Um, I I think you'd see. Uh, well, for one, um, as as a Canadians fan, um, I I will say <laughs> that uh, I think Pacioretty could be had because Mark Bergeron, uh, Mark Bergevin, Bergeron, sorry, Bergeron, Bergeron, yeah, Mark Bergevin. <laughs> Tom Bergeron. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Jake Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> uh, no. Uh, Mark Bergevin is is just is the worst GM in hockey right now. Um, I a couple of years ago I thought he was brilliant, and then he hired Michelle Terrian, traded PK Subban, and. Um, Sergeyev over this last summer for Jonathan Drouin, and that's just blown up in his face. Uh, I, if if uh, he's got a desperation trade left in him, it's going to be to uh, try to acquire uh, anything for Max Pacioretty before he goes UFA next summer. Um, I think there might be some competition for for Pacioretty. Uh, and Hoffman's what got two years. Uh, Hoffman has, uh, he's signed through the 1920 season. Yeah. So Petretti's so through, through next season. Right. So Petretti and Petretti's 30. So Petretti's, you know, you're only going to get, he, he's only a rental. 
if he comes in here, I do not expect him to be a, uh, a player that the Blues re-sign. So whoever you give up, you have to be comfortable with. You're just getting a rental player. Well, you're getting for next season too. Patrick. Yeah. Is he? Patrick. I, is yeah. he signed through next season? Through 1819. Hmm, I thought he was on uh, UFA after this year. Uh, I can pull it up real quick here. You know, Mark Bergevin's career has really gone down since he left the force with Steve Duchesne. Yes. yes. Ready. Bad boys. Bad boys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, he makes $5 million, uh, next season. $5 million next season. That's not a bad cap hit. If he plays. Cap is 4.5. So right. Yeah. yeah. If he plays like he did a couple years ago, but he's not been the same player since he got the C in Montreal. He's, I, I mean, I think that was the first big misstep by Mark Bergevin and his crew, uh, not giving PK Subban the C in Montreal and uh, then uh, giving it to Pacioretty, giving it to an American and uh, a little bit too much of a burden on him. And uh, it, Pacioretty is a good player when he's surrounded by, you know, a, a good setup man, uh, you know, uh, good players. And Montreal's depth is not very good right now. Um, so a change of scenery could probably do him good. Uh, we'd have him. I, I thought we'd only have him for a year, um, but or for the rest of the season, but you know, having him through next season, maybe, maybe you make that deal, but I, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know if that's a Doug Armstrong kind of deal. Uh, Lance from the drop podcast uh, implied that <clears throat> a max patch ready is a cancer in the locker room. Mm-hmm. So yeah, just going out there. I wouldn't know about that. I don't think any yeah. of us would. He, Captain. He has a source. A cancer. He has a source. That's, he, has, he, has, oh, he, he posted okay. that on Twitter. He said he has a, he, uh, I'm not sure who his source is. He didn't say, but uh, is it Mark Bergevin? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. So, so it, it, and I guess my question for Lance would be, is your source French Canadian, you know, because anybody, Patrick is an American captain of the Canadians that, you know, Gianta, Gianta could handle it. Patrick, I think it was thrust upon him. I don't think he was looking for it. Um, but they were sending a message to PK Subban that you know you are not the face of this franchise when they gave it to to Pacioretty. Um, I, I don't know that I, I I can agree with that assessment. But uh, before we move on to the next thing, I I want to jump in and say that I, Bill, I'm not sure exactly what your opinions were, but I agree with Kurt in the sense that I think in terms of fit, I like Mike Hoffman better. Um, I've been reading that, you know, he's just one of those guys that you can throw on your top six. And as long as he has a good setup, man, a guy that can pass the puck, he can, he'll score your goals. And, uh, I think that's somebody that Steen and, uh, uh, Stastny could really use on their line. Um, now the money obviously would be an issue There'd have to be something going back the other way. Oh my Lord, let it be Jay Bomeister, but we all know that's not going to happen. Um, so I think Hoffman's the better fit, but if you're looking for a quick fix and a guy that you can have, uh, control of through next season, the answer is going to be patchy ready. I just, I don't like the way patchy Ready's trending. And I think Hoffman's just in a bad situation right now, which is why his numbers aren't as great as they've been in the past. He's heating up. Yeah. I've, uh, you know, he's, he's a guy that's willing to shoot the puck. 
and shoot it on a one timer. And uh, that I think that's one thing the Blues are are missing. I think they've been way too taking the whole puck possession idea to the logical extreme, and nobody's willing to shoot the damn puck, especially one timers. Uh, Shen Shen did it the other night uh, against Washington and scored. Let's try that some more. But when was the last time you saw Steen actually take a one-timer on the point on a power play? He needs to do it more often. And he needs to hit the damn net. A lot of players they, do. They they just need to start shooting the damn puck instead of always looking for a pass or a side net play. Shoot the fucking puck. Sorry. I'm sorry to be that guy that yells shoot. Guy Bensing uh, tweeted out... Uh... So has some of you, so has, as, so as, so as some of, he says has. Yeah, I know what it says. I didn't read it beforehand, so I, I didn't proofread. <laughs> so as some of you may know, like his favorite teams, the St. Louis Blues, the Hawaii Blues fan, which is Guy, had fallen on hard times. However, just like his favorite team with love, respect, and support, both will come out winners. <laughs> that's a, that's a good attitude to have, Guy. Um, sorry you're going through hard times, but, uh, Hopefully, uh, the Blues break will make you feel better. You don't have to watch some crappy hockey. And uh, seriously, though, if you are struggling from issues, um, there are plenty of resources out there to help you. Um, So keep that in mind and and keep your head up and uh, realize that uh, life can be great. Life is the way it was what you make it. Let's just let's quote the tattoo on my back and say... (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the, the mind is its own place and in itself can make a heaven of hell or a hell of heaven those are words i thought it was like a big tribal uh t- a tribal band thing that you know that's that's a that's a that's uh, a, those are words okay yeah mm-hmm. that's from uh that's old english my friend guy benson needs you know, the social media influence. Yeah, yeah i was i was gonna say we nominate guy benson for blue social media influencer for the week of uh january uh I, I, I second the nomination. Yeah, I third. All right, carried. You Motion win. Carried. <laughs> uh, you can pick up your social media influencer tag at the door. He could be the Let's Go Blues radio uh, social media influencer. Uh, we're we're social media realists on this. Oh, okay, show. right. Nothing whatsoever. Yeah, we're realists. Sorry, my my multiple f bombs tonight have uh, <laughs> dropped us out of the uh, running for that. Uh, real quick, uh, we'll touch on a couple of things here. Uh, Costin's comments, Clem Costin's comments about uh, being promised a call up if he played well in the World Juniors. Um, Alex Shavenko was the interviewer. Uh, interviewed him and said uh, it has been said that your NHL debut will depend whether you'll play well at the WJC. And Costin replied, "Yes, if I'll play well in the tournament." I have been promised to play in St. Louis. So that was kind of interesting. Um, would the Blues... I, I'm, are you surprised that if that's accurate? Um, I mean, some, some things could be lost in translation, I guess. Uh, that's a, that was a foreign... Uh, I think it was a foreign... Is it foreign? Yeah, it was, it was a foreign interview. So um, are you surprised the Blues might do that? Promising that? No, I'm, I'm not. Um, I, think, I think he was a guy that they wanted to have early in the year. You know, they started the year with those injuries and they wanted it was between him and a couple guys. And I think Sammy Blay was a guy that really kind of stepped his game up and they said, we got to at least give him a shot. Costin's young. We can mold him a little bit more in the AHL to start the year. Um, And I could see them saying that, you know, hey, 
you haven't had a great time, which there's a good there's a good uh, question in here that that we'll get to in a bit. But uh, in this interview that I just tweeted out, by the way, for listening and uh, I'm not sure what what um, interview we're speaking of. Um, but uh, yeah, I, I could see the blues saying, hey, listen, you know, we know you've you've kind of struggled a little bit in terms of points in the AHL and uh, go to the WJC. Let's see how you do. And, you know, if you have a strong tournament, we'll bring you up. We got a couple injuries. We could use it. So I could see that being a possibility. So during the break, you think you'll be up uh, to start the. Maybe was- not, maybe not to start. Um, and there is one thing that, that I, again, I wanted to kind of quote here from the story. Um, uh, so one of the questions that uh, Alexi Shevenko asked was, um, Lately, you don't have a lot of minutes in the AHL and have also haven't the best stats. Costin responded with, and this is a, a great explanation. I, I completely get it. Because I'm ready to explain what's going on. The fact is that the Blues don't have their own farm team. San Antonio is now primarily helping the Chicago, or I'm sorry, the Colorado Avalanche. At the start of the season, I was playing many minutes and had good stats, but then the Avalanche has signed some players and I have been moved down in the depth chart. I don't play on the power play now. Nothing strange. So really, you look at his stats, and, and it completely makes sense that the Avalanche are dictating what who they want playing on the rampage. Clem uh, Costin is nothing to them. They don't want him playing. He's a rival. He plays for a rival team. So, you know, they don't care about him getting him minutes, and, and neither do the rampage, because uh, next year he's not going to be – well, actually, I guess next year he will be there. But um, the, the Blues don't have any say in what the rampage do. It's just a weird – it's a weird situation right now with the the way the Blues farm team works. And next year, if he's still in the AHL, I think you're going to see much better stats from Kostin. Um, He's a guy I wanted to see up. I was hoping that he would play well and uh, and at least play some games with the team this year because he's. Uh, I was excited. I mean, I was really excited when they got him. Like a lot of people were in the draft, so um, hopefully he can uh, he can make a good transition. We can see him. Yeah, his time will come. I don't know that the time is now. Um, I mean, just seeing very limited uh, play with him in the WJC, it seemed like he got used a lot in their crunch games. Um, probably, I thought, you know, his shifts may have been a little bit overextended. It seemed like uh, there were a couple of shifts that would uh, three plus minutes, um, especially late in the games. And I think there was an overtime game in there that he just, he, he was stuck in his own zone and uh, the entire team got stuck. Uh, didn't like seeing that, but he, uh, <clears throat> his time will come. I, I don't think they, they need to call him up right away. Um, and hopefully, uh, you know, this interview doesn't, uh, doesn't reflect uh, his true expectations of, you know, that, that he's uh, deserving uh, at this point to come up. I like, I love the fact that he's, he's cocky. I, I like that. I like he's, he's cocky, he's confident. Um, maybe, maybe I don't know if it's overly confident or cocky. Well, that remains to be seen. But um, I like I like the confidence that he kind of displays. I, I, it's I, I, I can only help him. I think in this league, yeah, instead yeah. of being, instead, I don't see him being intimidated by anybody ever. No, like like a headlights kind of thing. That's not him. So so I don't know. Maybe this is the time to call him up. 
you know, before Schwartz is ready to come back, give them a couple of games, put them on a line with Tarasenko and see what they can do together. See, that's what I see. Maybe not. I don't know about on a line with Tarasenko, but I know for sure. I really well, not for sure. I feel like they're going to say, hey, we're going to throw you up here. And I I doubt unless he just barnstorms the league that he stays up. But I think they are going to bring him up just to give him a look at the NHL. So that way he'll be ready a little more ready next season. We shall see. Uh, so Yarmy Yager is done in Calgary. And there was a big, you know, a, a lot of people talking online and mm. in articles. One guy in particular. Well, there were, I saw a number of people saying it, but yeah, one guy in particular locally um, uh, that wanted uh, Yager badly. Uh, one of the Blues assigned Yager badly in the preseason. So, uh, and I, we, I had had discussion with uh, with uh, this guy on on uh, on Twitter, and and I uh, was like, "No, this is a bad idea." And we we talked about this on the show. We all agreed, Yager to the Blues, terrible idea. Um, he's way past his prime. He's old. He's uh he's, he's, he's injury risk. Um, you just it just is you don't no. It's just not gonna, he's not going to fit on this team. He's a yeah. He put some butts in the seats. Yeah, he'd sell a lot of jerseys. Um, but that's something of a lesser team that's going to struggle with the playoffs is going to do hopefully it's not us <laughs> but um he's going to europe yeah yeah he'll go to europe he'll well finish in the czech republic but the thing is yeah so the thing is, is that so he's done in calgary because he's uh had injury problems this year he has one goal in uh what is it 17 games or something uh so yeah, one. Where is it? One goal, seventeen games. Well, yeah, one goal, six assists, I believe, in seventeen yeah. games. And I, uh, and I think that he's he's. I don't think it's that he's not playing well. I just don't think Calgary. And I'm not saying he still belongs in the NHL, but I just don't think Calgary's a very good fit for him because he still has the hands. I've watched him play a couple games this year. He's still got those slick hands where he could. Uh, what what does uh, Peng say? Stick handle in a phone booth. I yeah. mean he he can still do that stuff. It's that he doesn't have the speed and Calgary with a lot of their forwards rely on a speedy game. And that's just not Yager anymore. He's not 25 anymore. One goal in 22 games played. Okay. And he averages 13 minutes, uh, three seconds uh, time on ice. Um, Upshaw in comparison, <laughs> uh, Scotty Upshaw uh, has, uh, he plays uh, 11, about 11 minutes a game and he has uh, six goals. Nine assists, fifteen points. So, um, less playing time, more games played because he's, he's been healthy. Um, so, and that was a discussion that we had. Uh, uh, Dan Buff is the guy who wanted Yager here and uh, wrote an article about it. I think it was was a game time article. Was it was that right? Game time. Yeah, okay, it was game time. Yeah. So uh, and so we went back and forth on it, and I was like, no, 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 no. And I told him at the time, I said I'd rather have Upshaw. I'd rather lose resign Upshaw than than sign Yager. And uh, it didn't like that. And other people online didn't like that either. And it was funny because after we didn't sign Yager, we did sign Upshaw. And then Twitter kind of like got pissed off. Oh, we missed out on Yager and we got Upshaw. So we signed Upshaw instead. That sucks. <laughs> I'm like, guys, I mean, let's be honest here. Upshaw is going to be more productive than Yager if you give him the same minutes and the same. Upshaw doesn't play as many minutes. He doesn't play in the power play. Um, he, he plays on the fourth line. He's not going to, you know, with, with, uh, 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 Brodziak and whoever Yaskin or PRV is his uh, line mate. So it's like, he's not going to, he's doing more with a lot less to be honest. So, uh, and he's, and he's, well, he's, he's a little cheaper too. 
So I, I just want to, you know, I, I don't want to be, an I told you so, but we told you so. Yager, and I think there's a push now to sign Yager again. <laughs> there is, I've seen uh, people. That's, that's going to happen. People are crazy. I, they, I know. They want the nostalgia. I know. It's just, it's just, it's, it just seems ridiculous. Oh, that's, and that's the thing. Oh yeah. He's a future Hall of Famer. Yeah. Not anymore. I mean, he's a future Hall of Famer, but he's not putting up numbers. He's right. not a forty goal scorer anymore. He's a oh god. It just, right. it just that's the that's the <laughs> argument they gave. But he's a future Hall of Famer. We should sign him. What the hell does that mean? He's, he's gonna score. He's no. He's he's gonna play. He's putting up numbers worse than Upshaw. That's uh, now. I don't give a shit what he did fifteen years ago. What are you gonna do for me now? Right. You sign him now, and you're taking you're taking a bet that it was just a bad fit in Calgary and. You know that that wasn't the right place for him, but the Blues are going to be the right place for him. That's dumb. That's just absolutely dumb. the The guy has no speed. I mean, I, I think this is something that you know we we talked about offline. It, a guy that has lost it, just a half a step for the Blues, and it shows. Jay Bomeister, you know that guy. He, he's just maybe he's injured. Maybe he can recover, but I, I, you know, I'd rather take the risk on Bowmeister than Yager. Yager's forty six. Yeah, he's he's past his prime. Wait, do yeah. not take the risk to to try to bring that guy in and right the ship. You know, I, of course you're gonna get you're gonna hear the argument that look at Yager's power play points last year. Yeah, he had he had a handful. Right over his career, yeah, he's a great right. power play right. player. But but. No, he, Gordy Howe scored much. a shit ton of goals. I don't want to sign him. Yeah, I mean, you know. Oh wow! But you get my point. Now, my point. Bobby Hall scored a shit ton of goals. I don't want him on the Blues now. And he thought Hitler had some good ideas. <laughs> oh yeah, had some good ideas. Oh god. So anyway, but all right. So oh, that's one. Of the, I wanted to, you know, uh, give a little. Uh, I told you so to Buffa. I think Already. we all did. I think all of Blues Twitter does. Yeah. Well, well, I'm gonna keep doing even, it. Too. Even the even the people that agreed with them. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. We're I think we're almost done here. It, it, we can if anybody's listening and wants to join us real quick, uh, give us their take on Yager maybe. Um. Or Yager, really? You want someone to come on here and talk more about Yager? No. I I I, I want to hear somebody. All the stuff that's happened this week. You want to talk hear more Yager? I want to hear somebody say they want Yager on this team and why. I want to hear. <laughs> I want to hear the ridiculousness of it. You just want to argue. That's all you want. Or you know, or let's talk about Allen. Or we can talk about. Uh, let's talk about trading Colton Pareko. Trading Colton Pareko. Why not Bennington? Why not Bennington? Uh, Steen and his intangibles. <laughs> <laughs> let's let's talk about all that stuff. Paige Thompson, which we didn't talk about tonight, he's been fantastic. Oh, he has been. Night and day from his first oh. call up this year. I mean, the guy looks like he's he's going to be a bona fide NHLer. I wouldn't mind, you know, letting him uh, go back down and tear up the minors for a little bit. But man, he looks good, guys. Guys, um, he's peaking. We got to trade him, right? Yeah, his value will never be higher. Exactly. We got to move him. Uh, the Colton Pareko that, argument. That, I love it. <laughs> that is the that is the that is the rally cry for for a certain group of Blues fans. It's like, hey, we got this guy. Oh, we got to trade him now before his his values at his peak. Well, you you know what? If you do that every time, you're never going to be any good. I remember on the on the asylum when Pavel Dimitra scored. I think it was 93, 94 points, whatever his career high was. People 
a slew of people saying, trade him now. His value is never higher. And it's like, yeah, he's one of the best players in the game. You don't trade one of the best players in the game. Do you remember how, how, uh, do you remember how Dimitra got a lot of flack? Oh, yeah. He was, he was soft, soft player. Yep. And that always bugged me. I I mean, because, I mean, and it's, I get, I get the mentality of wanting to have a guy that does it all and scores goals. He's tough. You know, we, Shanahan was that guy, to be honest, but he can fight. He can check the hell to somebody. He can score 50 goals. That's fantastic. But, uh, yeah, that's, I mean, those guys are few and far between. And then it's, it's a different era. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Uh, uh, Chad Hagan tweeted us uh, earlier on the show. Said I was at that game in 2015, though we're doing the uh, Today in Blues history. Yeah. Um, and it was only the second game he's been to. Oh, nice. Well, that's uh, that was the that was a win, a shootout win. So yeah, that's a good game to go to. Get Except to the shootout sucks. But the shootout, you know, as much as I hate the shootout, it is fun to see live. Would you rather? Okay. Have we talked about that? Would you rather there be ties or a shootout? I'm. I I have never had a problem with ties. I've always hated ties. Yeah. You like no, ties? I I I'd rather it be ties than a shootout. Nah, you guys are wrong. <laughs> <laughs> I, wait, shoot, here's no shootout. Shootout. I don't have a sister, but I I probably not gonna want to kiss her, and that's what a tie what? is. It's kissing your sister. It's what? You've oh, heard that before? What? No. A no. Tie is like kissing your sister. I would you, never kiss my sister. That's why you don't. That's a tie. A tie is like not the same thing. That's the worst analogy I've ever heard in my life. Analogy. It's like a thing. Oh come on! You've never heard that before. Kurt Price. Have you heard that before? You've heard that before. Don't be. No, I've never heard that before. If you have heard that before, please tweet us at LGB Radio because I know nobody else has ever heard that before. Jeff, I have heard it. That's because you hang out with Kurt. (laughs) (laughs) It was from me. No, that's a thing. I've I've heard the term kissing sisters, and yeah, it's yeah. Well, no. kissing sisters is a whole other thing, you know. No. <laughs> kissing your sister, sister is, is like a tie. All right, right. we need to. Yeah, I, I'd love to have like somebody on the air right now. Hey, I, I've heard of that too. Hey, I've kissed my sister. <laughs> I've, no, that's completely going over your head. <laughs> I want somebody to tweet us that says I'm okay with ties and kissing my sister. <laughs> that's if you're okay with ties, then you're obviously okay with kissing your sister because I'm not okay. With, my sisters are not people I'd want to kiss. <laughs> anyway, I, I, I always, I, when I was no a kid, longer fans of the show. <laughs> the, the name of the episode is kissing sisters. When I was, when I was a kid, I, it was a tie. I always thought this and said this, that I'd rather the blues lose than tie because at least something was determined. Sit there for three hours and nothing was determined. There's no winner. I was like, that sucks. One of the best games I ever went to was a 0-0 tie with Curtis Joseph and Grant Fjord standing on their heads. I'm yep. not saying it can't be a good game, but nothing is determined. He's like, that's a tie. But for me, it's and maybe I'm maybe this is why Bill feels this way. It it's 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 something for the goalies. It's proof that the goalies were the best players in the game. Now, obviously, a 5-5 tie is a little different. But when you see the 1-1, the 2-2 ties, that to me says the goalies were so good, nobody could score the game winner off them because they were playing stellar late in the game. Are you done talking? Whatever, Kurt. <laughs> Why not Bennington? <laughs> <laughs> anyway, all right, fine. Agree disagree. I don't like ties. You guys do. That's fine. Um, not really. 
Uh, blue social media fails, real quick. I'm trying to skim through this stuff. Uh, from the St. Louis Blues Lounge. Uh, Eric Tarlis, Eric A. Tarlis, says, First of all, happy Tarasenko isn't going to the All-Star game. I want our stars to rest. Second of all, if you even utter the words, he didn't deserve it, you just simply don't know hockey. Either that or you don't watch. I'm blown away at the number of fans who think that a point per game and second in the division in goals is an all-star quality. Seriously, the way this fan base treats their goal-scoring superstar cracks me up. I hope he goes to Chicago and wins five cups. Five cups with them just despite lose fans like that. Uh, not actually, for those who can't understand sarcasm. So, <laughs> yeah. I And I, I'll defer back to my over-a-month-long slump he was in. Leave it at that. Well, it's just, and to me, and this is why I liked the selection, because I think the easy pick for the Blues is Tarasenko. You look at exactly what that guy quoted, and you say, oh, well, it's got to be Tarasenko. He's a name. And then we kind of touched on this earlier. Consistent play, for me, is what earned Petrangelo and Shen the, the calls to the All-Star game. And to me, I was happy with the NHL with that. And again, I know that it's a committee of people and whatever, but they they did a good job picking the Blues All-Stars. I have no problems at all with the entire Central Division team. Um, I think they did a great job with it, and I think they should be... I don't think anybody should have a problem with this, and I agree with them in that sense, but to, to knock people for you know, kind of saying negative things about Tarasenko. Hey, you know what? Brett Hall never saw his own end of the ice, ever. And you know what? People gave him trouble for it because he never back-checked. Caused a lot of goals that way. I have no problem with people saying that about Hall. And if Tarasenko screws up, we did it on this show. Tarasenko screwed up in that game against the Capitals. You're a fan. You're allowed to say whatever you want about the team. You buy the merchandise. You buy the tickets. You watch them on TV. You pay for cable just so you can watch Blues games. You have every right to, to say what you want about the team superstar. Anybody who says that Tarasenko deserved to go to the All-Star game over Shen and Petrangelo um, I, and, is, and is pissed off like this guy is, uh, they're just I, they're not paying attention. I, I, you, I to, to watch him play over the past month plus, except for the past few games, um, he was not good. He was consistently not good. Um, so I mean that's just the way it is. I, I you, can, you can give me overall numbers all you want. I don't care. Those are inflated by his start of the season. That's not how he's playing now, or how he's playing for the bulk of the season. Uh, Bob Murray from the Simmons Blues Lounge says we need to lose about 50 games and start over. And start over. Keep Vladdy Schwartz Shin. Okay, yeah. This is this is this, yeah. This is a we, train wreck. We need to lose about fifty games and start over. Keep Vladdy Schwartz Shin, Eddie, Bortz, and Petro, and start bringing up the kids. There, I said it. The only way we'll ever win a cup. I get wanting to trade away some guys, keep some guys. I'll even you know I'll humor him. It's ridiculous, but I'll humor him. It is a train wreck. But it's funny that of the handful of guys he wants to keep, Bortuzzo! <laughs> Can't get rid of Bortuzzo! Holy cow! Intangibles. In- oh. 
Oh, I, I, no, I'm with you. When I, when I started reading that, I'm like, okay, he's an angry fan. Vladdy, okay. Schwartz, okay. Shen, any okay. Bortz? <laughs> what? Are you watching the games, buddy? I, yeah. I don't I don't get that one. Not, not saying Bortz... Bortuzzo. Uh, not saying he's bad. It's just of all the players on the team, you're listing Bortuzzo. Ridiculous. Uh, Todd Rick says, uh, from the St. Louis Blues Island, Todd Rick says, Jake Allen is third all-time in wins for the Blues. Yeah, he really sucks. Blues offense is terrible, and the defense has gone back to the old ways and giving up odd men rushes and giving out goaltenders, uh, giving our goaltenders no support in our zone. But hey, let's keep blaming the goalies. I have no problem with him not wanting to blame Allen as much as some others, but Allen's been inconsistent uh, recently, so not good at times. Um, well, and then the... the- We've, I've, I've mentioned this before, but the thing, well, I would say that the thing about it is, is that what he used as his barometer, for how good Allen is, is the Blues' all-time win list, and he says, "I'm just saying it's a stupid logic to use against Allen for being subpar this year. I mean, because he's he's been uh, he's been subpar this year, but you can't just there's a, there was a reply to that too that said by Michael Van Heck. He said, looking at this list." And only looking at the names, I don't see anyone any better than Allen <laughs> on the all-time goals wins list. For, uh, goals on a wins list for the Blues, he sees nobody better than Allen, which I thought that was interesting. And I like Allen. I'm not a I don't hate by any means. I don't want to come off that way. But on this list, there's Leute, there's Joseph, there's Fuhr, there's Jack Font, there's. But well, none, none of them better than Allen. Well, and then and then so what I was going to say, my problem with this is, and I've mentioned this on the show that the Blues have always just had the quick fix in goal. And and that's why Brian Elliott, when he took over the shutout lead over Yaroslav Halak, by the way, it was like, wait a minute, how are these two guys leading the Blues all time over 50 seasons in shutouts? It's because they don't hold on to goalies for too long. They're so quick to lose their goalies. Now Jake Allen, who's been the, the official starter now for two years, <laughs> he's, he's already third all-time in wins. That is the worst statistic to pull out when you're trying to claim Allen is good because you look at any other team in the NHL that came came out since 1985, 1990, they have held on to goalies longer than the Blues. I mean, it's crazy how how many goalies the Blues have gone through just in 51 seasons. Goaltending has been not good overall for this franchise history. I'm loving the tweets we're getting in, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yes. Nice. <laughs> Wouldn't and you on. rather hear Kurt rail about kissing sisters? <laughs> Yes, I kissed my sister. She might be my stepsister, but still counts. <laughs> and before you ask, she is kind of hot. This is from our friend Deanna. Oh, um, oh I didn't. Uh, okay, yeah. Yeah, Deanna. Well, if you, uh, you know, we can't believe you until you send some pics. <laughs> <laughs> oh, on that note. <laughs> We're at this is after hours. Let's go Blues Radio. That's our yeah. That's our we've long way past our hour. Yeah, we uh, we've made a conscious decision not listening to it. Obviously, we want our shows to be about an hour now. We've been going over way too long. Yeah, we've done it again. 
Well, we had we had a last second interview that we added, so that that was that made it a little bit longer. Oh yeah, that was the whole reason why we've gone over <laughs> an hour and fifteen minutes. Uh, so one last thing from the we're, since we're doing this, the St. Louis Blues Lounge. The last thing on the show that I have to talk about, Bill Peacock uh, from the uh, St. Louis Blues Lounge concerning Yager. If he costs us no assets and will work for the league minimum, he can help our power play, even if it's only in practice. <laughs> we do have the third worst power play in the league. Dude has 827 career power play points. Uh, letting him end his career here so we can hire him as a consultant sounds very familiar, like another recently retired Hall of Famer or two. What? Like- so oh. wait, so you have to play with a team before you can hire him as a consultant? That's ridiculous. I, 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 yeah, I, that's, I don't. Terrible premise. Terrible premise. Yeah, let's let him play and take time away from somebody else who can be more productive. That's a good idea. Awful. Yeah, and the yeah, like like current points in his career. Not yeah, that's not the way he's playing now. I don't give a shit how many goals he has in his career. Again, Gordy Howe has <laughs> how many game-winning goals and power play points? We're not going to bring him on the team right now. How many would he score for us this year if we signed him? Not many. Uh, he wouldn't even be playing on the power play. I'm talking about Yager. How either, though? Neither one would. They both put up about the same amount of points. About. Which is on the same pace as Steam. Right, yeah. Good point. Okay. Anything else, guys? That's about. Uh, we got another tweet. We got a couple tweets here. Um, we've got... Uh, what? Yes, picks, please. Uh, he says, uh, well, we got Fabry's hair. Uh, well, hang on. So let's go Blues Radio tweeted. Uh, imagine if he were playing well. Talking about Tarasenko. Imagine if he were playing well enough to deserve to be on the team. Uh, talking about the all-star team. Chris, which is at Beasting54, says eight points in the last seven games. Four goals, four assists. Uh, he went through a slump like the rest of the team, but still has 44 points in 46 games. Fabry's hair, which is uh, exactly how it sounds, uh, if you want to follow him, which you should because he's hilarious. Uh, If they didn't need a player from every team, Tarasenko would be there, but the Wild got to have a player too. And I have to agree with that. I think if if they weren't worried about getting a representative from every team, Tarasenko is the next guy on the list. If there's an injury, I think Tarasenko's going. Uh, But, and then Chris Beasting24 responds, I get it totally, but saying he isn't playing well enough to make the all-star team is just wrong. Well, well, he's he's taken into consideration the past half dozen games or whatever, right? Right now. Right. right. I, I'm, I'm talking about his play. And I'm not talking a small little sample size. I'm talking about I'm talking about a substantial last month and a half of the season. That Thanksgiving we played through Christmas. Thanksgiving th- through Christmas. Over a month. Um, up until the last half dozen games. Um, it, it, that's substantial. I mean, the and people always bring up his stats. His stats are decent. Uh, pretty good uh, as a whole this year. But that's because of the fantastic start he got off to. He had, I mean, surely anybody who says cannot deny that that Tarasenko really struggled for over a month straight. I mean, he had two goals in in over a month worth of games, seventeen games. So I'm like, that's was it two goals or four goals? No, it was. It was not good. And I, I, I don't, I don't understand people wanting to ignore that huge chunk of the, the recent play and just focus on the the first the the last like six seven games so i i and I, I understand his numbers are if you just put his numbers up against other people's numbers they're right there with getting in but it's what have you done for me lately and the month and a half is is, is, is got it for me kurt 
Bill is checking his watch and yawning. We need to end the show. Yeah. Okay. Stop talking. Oh. <laughs> last point is same point I made earlier. Uh, at least my last point for the show is it's the NHL all-star game. I don't really care. <laughs> I'm not going to watch. Don't you want to great. talk about the, the band, the fits and the tantrums are going to play. And uh, are they? <laughs> yes, they're going to play. Yeah. I saw them at Lufest fest a couple of years ago and uh, yeah, <laughs> the, yeah. They, oh boy. Oh, people are upset. And I'm like, you guys really care about what the band? I mean, okay. Yeah. They could have got a better band, but it's like, does it make nobody cares about the band? They all fight anyway. Who cares? Let me let me hear your hands clap. Hands clap. <laughs> That's the one song I know. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> there are a couple others that you would know. I'm sure. Um. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever. Okay. Uh, that uh, you done, Jeff? You done talking? Finally. You're the one done talking, right? Come on. Blame right. me. I next week. You. Next week we're gonna do better with time. I promise you. Some I'm big- joining. I'm joining Jamie Rivers's podcast. They're way better. We're gonna. Yes. <laughs> oh, okay. Just well. because they beat us in a damn Twitter poll. Yeah, yeah. I mean, it, maybe- was, a, it was a hacked poll, right? Shouldn't yeah, we claim hack? We should hacked claim poll. hack. And yeah, you know what? We I would I want to see the research on the hacking. Was <laughs> it? Was it only? Only limited to the the poll that the Toast Dispatch. No. Was like, involved in like three. There were, there were three, were like people two or three. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah it was I think it was four. I think we were involved. Maybe it might have been. We don't. You know Maybe what? I, I know for a fact. <laughs> I know for a fact we'd have won that poll if we'd cussed more on the show. Yep. Got more f bombs like Rivers does. We would. We would. Or if we had a McKendry coach. Right. Mm-hmm. That's where our problem is. Or a goon. Yep. <laughs> knuckle dragon goon. <laughs> All right. Anyway, on that note, that's not nice, Kurt. It, I say it with love. I really do. Oh, Dwight Schofield? Did he die? Uh, did he? I don't, I don't know. Did, did Dwight Schofield die? No. Yeah. Schofield, the guy who used to own uh, uh, it was uh, a hockey Schofield's shop. Ho- yeah. What's it, was, it called? Uh, overpriced hockey. Yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> Expensive hockey stuff in uh, in Fairview Heights uh, back in the day. Yeah, former blues player when I played here for like a couple Knuckle of years. Dragon. Yeah. Knuckle Dragon Goon. <laughs> uh, it looks, like he's, it. looks yeah. like he's still alive. Okay. I didn't. I, I was wasn't sure. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Just assume he's <laughs> yeah. uh, that'll, uh That'll do it for this week's episode of Let's Go Blues Radio. Don't forget to check out the Blue Note Sports Bar and Grill if you get a chance to go over there in Maryland Heights, Missouri. Uh, thank you to uh, I, the names escaped me, Jeff, for the guest on the air. Sorry. Oh, Joe oh. Fresta Jr. of the Pasta House Company and the Steinberg Winter Classic. Yeah, thanks, Joe, for coming on. Appreciate it. For Bill Day and Jeff Ponder, I'm Kurt Price. Uh, that'll do it. Until next time, everyone. Let's go, Blues. Let's go, Blues. It's your sister. The Chiefs are at home tonight against Cyanusport at the War Memorial at 8. Good seats are still available. I think that went very well. Thank you for listening to Let's Go Blues Radio. Now take off, hosers. Well, there's 90 minutes of your life you'll never get back. Sorry. St. <laughs> Louis Blues. St. Louis Blues. Have you heard the news about our St. Louis Blues? 
only just begun. They're on their way to number one. Now there's no more blues for our St. Louis blues. The blues are on the ice tonight again. They're rough and tough and got the stuff to win. They'll always get one more, no matter what the score. They are quite a hockey team, my friends.